Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Christian Project. Joined today by Matthew Hedden, a Christian coach. Another one. I don't know where I keep coming across you guys, but I love it. Love coming across coaches in the uh, and who are bringing faith into everything that they do. So, listen, man. Pleasure to have you here. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. It's an absolute pleasure and honor, man. It's been a long time coming. Uh, in a short amount of time, and I'm just really excited. You were telling me just a second ago before we hopped on that you have a background in psychology and nutrition. Are those two combined, or is it separate things? Um, nutritional psychology and then behavioral psychology, nutritional science, um, and they they're in my opinion for coaching, unless you're coaching like bodybuilders. Um, key psychology is actually in my opinion, the most important part of it all. What do you mean? Most of us know, right, uh, with, uh, with our health and fitness, that we should probably walk a little bit more, that mm-hmm. we should probably eat some more vegetables, eat some more veggies, eat some more fruits, um, even though that one's confusing to people nowadays. Oh, yeah, because um, of the keto, don't eat your fruits, sugar, stuff like that. Yeah, right? that too. Yeah. Um, You know, we know that we should probably get eight hours of sleep. We know that we should probably eat eight hours or get eight hours of of sleep and drink more water. But not just the why, but the how Mm -hmm. um, matters. And so many and often missed portion, massively missed portion of this. We, We look at people and I was the same when I was a young trainer, not a coach. We look at somebody that may be massively overweight or drastically underweight and they're like oh they're just lazy there's usually an underlying trauma there's always something and there's self-limiting beliefs and there are you know just habits and we need to install systems to fall to instead of those bad those negative habits we need to learn to work with that person and and how to shift that mindset bit by bit and me just handing you your macros and saying, eat this is not all that helpful. Well, you know, the the habits that they already formed were some kind of coping mechanism for whatever they were going through in the first place. It, they didn't ju- they're not just lazy. Maybe they're going through a, a, you know, a bad breakup or maybe they were going through a loss in their family and they just learned to depend on food instead of taking it out in other ways. So it's not that they're lazy necessarily. It's that this is just how they learn to do something. And now we have to find a way to learn something a little bit better. Right. That's, and it's a simple question, right? Does this serve me anymore? Mm-hmm. A great example would be somebody that I know where she would do these puzzles and games right before bed because she was in so much pain through chronic inflammation that she did it to distract herself until finally, eventually she could fall asleep. But she kept doing that thing, even though she knew it was interrupting her sleep pattern. So we had to install new, new triggers that normally has a negative word, but it doesn't have to be. (laughs) Um, Because we just realized that's not serving me in this current state of my life. Well, actually, now I have a question for you. How about all those times that it seems that, you know, we're self-sabotaging? that our minds are are working against us, that we want to do something and we desperately want to do it, but our minds are working against us. How do we, how do you overcome that? I would say it varies for each individual person. 
uh, we could give the stereotypical answer there, right? Of you need to have an intrinsic why. And that is said so much that it's almost become cliche, but it does matter. And, and it does take three, five, seven, eight levels to get to. Um, mm-hmm. A great example would be if somebody says, well, I just, I want to get in better shape. Well, what do you mean by that? And then yeah. why? Why is um, so important. And and we're typically going to get a very surface level why, and that's where most people stop. Because, uh, uh, you know, I want to fit into my jeans. Right. Okay. Or, you know, I want to look good for my wedding. That's great, but it's not going to last. Um, I want to look good for this cruise. Um, I had a bad breakup and I want to get revenge. Like that's one I, you know, I mean, that's a real answer. Um, you know, I want to be the happy version of myself. You know, I want to overcome these body issues, but then it's still why, why does that matter? Why does that matter? Um, so I find that as coaches, sometimes we're like those annoying little kids that just keep, why is that? Why is that? And just keep like digging deeper right. and deeper and deeper. <laughs> right. We do. I, dude, I'm so annoying. Like I actually annoy myself <laughs> sometimes because I'm like, hmm, why, why, why? And I feel like, oh my God, like I don't have children, but like, I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. My mom actually used to be annoyed too. She used to, if she's, she's probably listening, but I remember one time we were in the car on, the, on our way to church and I was a kid and I just kept on asking questions like, why is that? Where are we going? Why are we going there? When are we getting? And, and my, at one point my mom was just like, Eli, stop asking questions. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it, uh, we are annoying and that's part of our job. Like, um, and responsibility that we have. Sure. I mean, if I may, like a quick example, a great one um, was a guy years ago and he's like, I want to, you know, I want to stay in shape. And I said, why? And he said, um, because I want to play basketball. I said, okay, why? And he said, well, you know, I, I want to stay young. I want to be active and then, you know, have kids. Mm-hmm. I said, great. I said, why does that matter? He said, well, I want to play basketball with my kids. Now, that would be a great answer for most people. It's not enough for me. Um, so then I just said, well, why does that matter to you? And he stared at me. And he's like, well, because I want to you know, be active and play with my kids. I said, I, I understand, but why does that matter so much? And he's like, I need to think about that. So a couple of days later, he came back. And he said, when I was younger, my parents were, had let themselves go so much that they were sick. And they couldn't play with me. I never want my children to feel that way. Like, I don't care because Mm -hmm. I can't play with them. That man now has three children, um, has a very, very good job, and still never works out less than two days a week. Nice. And that is what a good why. That's where it gets you. Mm Mm-hmm. When you really understand that, really understand what's driving you in those moments of pain and desperation and, and you just feel like giving up, that why is going to keep you going. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm going to flip the script on you real quick. What's your why? That's a good question. That's a really good question. So I've dug a lot into this. Uh, when I started exercising, my why was very simple. I wanted to attract this girl in high school uh, so that she would go out with me. And and that was my why. I wanted to look hot so that I could, you know, get a girl. That's how I started. But I couldn't continue like that. And very, I'm going to say slowly, 
God changed that why because you know then I started taking my faith a little bit more seriously and then I'm realizing there was this disconnect between exercising and the vanity involved in exercising and your faith and the humility involved in your faith I'm like what is going on how do I balance these two and then finally God brought me to this you know your health is something that is a gift it was given to you by me you are the maker of your body you are you don't control. I could take away your health right now with the snap of my fingers. Your job is to steward your body. Your job is to care for your body because I have given it to you as a gift. And so now my why is to care for my body and to steward it and to to use it, but also to teach others that as well. That'll work. <laughs> That'll work, <laughs> man. I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm glad. So. I want to go back to that that self-sabotage thing. Let's say, because this happens a lot with uh, with me, and I'm going to go a little bit deeper into my mental struggles. Sometimes, let's say, you know, I'm, I'm exercising. I really want to get 12 reps or, or push, push uh, on the bike for one minute or something. But then, you know, your mind convinces you, ah, you're good where you are. You're at seven, you're fine. Stuff like that. How do you overcome that? For me, I have several and, and they may not be helpful for some part of the old thing that pushed me. Like I will get mad at myself, man. <laughs> um, I'm like, dude, I ain't no punk. Um, and you know what? There's still something okay with that. Right? Like, um, but we have to see where that comes from, but to, to make it simple for the people listening, if we're going to go with the direction that you and I both do, which is going to be faith, I, we don't get to short change the gift that was given us. Mm-hmm. Um, and for instance, for myself, um, this is something men very rarely t- talk about. I have struggled with body image for most of my life. Like I still struggle with it. So, and most people are like, Oh my God, Matthew, what are you talking about? Like your abs are there, blah, 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 but it doesn't matter. Um, and I know where it comes from. Um, but it, it is about, um, if I was building a temple, if I was building a church, would I just say, eh, that's good enough? Probably or, not. You know, we Probably see not. we see Solomon give everything as as many riches as he can towards his temple. Then why don't we? Mm-hmm. And I mean, First Corinthians, right? Your body is the temple for the Holy Spirit. This ain't your church. It's his. It's true. Um, the thing that pushes me currently, that's helping me, um, and, and that I do articulate with my clients is. It is not vanity to consider yourself a masterpiece because we are God's masterpieces. We are his children. We are created in his image. And you used the perfect word earlier, steward. Like we're not the sculptor and the clay, but we can do. And we have a responsibility. It's a privilege to be able to push through. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one is just a visualization tool. Like, and a certain aesthetic for a lot of people is going to be, there are different levels, right? And and it may be that aesthetic, but if we, if we stay there on that level, then it's never going to be enough, Mm -hmm. but that's a good starting tool. Um, And then am I stewarding this gift that God gave me? Um, And some of it, 
like an old school trick that still works. Think about something that really upsets you that you need to let go and you're praying about it. And sometimes just push it out. Just push it out, man. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. In my I want to go back uh, to something you said, you know, when you were talking about our bodies being the temple and I mentioned how Solomon, you know, he didn't spare any expense in building the most beautiful temple he possibly could. And the same thing kind of goes for us, like you were saying, when we shortchange our bodies and, you know, we, we're, we're paying dimes here and giving pennies out for here, it's our worship has to be expensive. It has to cost us something. Worship that doesn't cost us something isn't really worship. And in a way, when we're using our bodies and building up the temples and taking care of them, that is worship. And so if our worship isn't costing us something, are we really doing it right? Yeah, and, and to clarify this too, it doesn't necessarily, cost doesn't mean money. Not at all. Time, effort, intentionality, those are all things, right? They are a time, I mean, time is worth more than money. You hear mm-hmm. often time is money. No, it's not. I can make more money. I cannot make more time. But it, it is a thing that we need to be intentional about. And it's not that we're worshiping our bodies because that is a fine line. Not at all. Right? But if we think about it this way, and this is how I think of it. We all have a calling from God. We were all put here for a reason. If we weren't, then he wouldn't have put us here. We're the only sure. person on this planet with our own D- with this DNA. With these fingerprints. So, right? Yeah, right? It's kind of cool. It's very humbling. (laughs) But if when you eat poorly and and you're not getting your steps in, let's keep it there. Just steps in and you're not getting your water intake. How does your brain feel? Lethargic, slow, brain fog, you know, just tired, exhausted. So you can barely get through your mundane day-to-day tasks when you're not taking care of yourself. So mm-hmm. then how are you supposed to hear God clearly? Oof. And if you are broken down, if you've gotten type 2 diabetes, because that, that's a neglectful thing right there. Um, or if you've gotten so overweight because you've neglected your body, and I'm not saying that there's not trauma related here at all. There's empathy in this. But if you've allow, if we've allowed ourselves to break, and even with injuries, we can still do something, right? I have a lot of them. Yep. How can we carry out our worship, go to church, go do mission work, go do our calling if we can't even get there? Mm-hmm. Or if we're so tired because we haven't trained our cardiovascular system that we're gassed at the end of day one when we're supposed to do it for multiple days at a time. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's very true. And I think, I don't know what it is. Um, I get a lot of people tell me they don't enjoy the journey. They really don't enjoy. I don't like going on walks. I don't like exercising. I don't like eating healthy. I don't like this. I don't like that. It's like they don't like any of the things that will serve them. So I don't know if you've kind of got that as well. Have have you seen a lot of that? I have. Um, And so we can do two things there. 
we can become annoying four-year-olds again and say why <laughs> why 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 right like the like the annoying like the seagulls basically from finding nemo yeah of that's why. what i was thinking why? about why why <laughs> like right so but what if we just kept this really simple because that is one of my favorite questions is simplicity how, how would this look if it was simple mm-hmm. what do you enjoy how and can then we they'll integrate get, those You know two? what? Yeah, exactly. You, what do you enjoy? Oh, I love playing with my kids. Bam. Bam. Great. Ooh. And then if we're going to go that direction, then this is what I'm very passionate about. And it steps on a lot of people's toes. And like Dr. Tony Evans said, when I was 10 years old in Promise Keepers, I may step on some of y'all's toes, but that means your feet are where they're not supposed to be. <laughs> if we're not exercising, if we're not eating well, if we're not playing with our kids, like your our responsibility as parents, and no, I'm not one, is to teach them to not need us to be self-sufficient. We're teaching them these bad habits. And a lot of um, this should be a pretty big why for a parent. Children are master imitators and horrible interpreters. Mm-hmm. They don't know why you're doing what you're doing. They're just going to go do it. That's and true. just like a Xerox copy, I'm dating myself there. Every copy is worse than the original. Mm -hmm. They don't care that you had a 12-hour day at work. And all they saw was you ordering food. Now all they know is I don't have to cook. I can just order it. Or, you know, enjoying that beer or two beers or glass of wine at the end of the night. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, alcohol is good for you. (laughs) Don't even get me started on that one. You know my background, so... (laughs) Yeah, but not to go too far down that, but you know, that when, when somebody has a child, I feel like that is a very intrinsic, it should be a why you hear often, well, I have to pick my battles. Why would your child's health and fitness and longevity be a battle you would not pick? But even your own and your capacity and ability to take care of your child should be something that you should want to improve. Yeah, I, I hate the term dad bod and mom bod. I hate it. Why? Uh, I know it's difficult. Why? Let me clarify that. I know it's very difficult. I know that there are a lot of other intrinsic things. I, I'm, I'm very well aware. I also know lots of people, including single parents, that still make the gym, still work out, and still cook well. Mm-hmm. So. I've got quite a few in my program as well. So respects to them. Much. It's And it's hard you know you've got some people have got so many things working against them they're already taking care of a kid they're already working a full-time job they're already cleaning the house they're already cooking they're already doing everything they possibly can surviving on four five six hours of sleep whatever it is and yet they're still doing it they're still putting in the work yeah i mean i'm i usually travel four days a week where do you go Um, Say what? Where do you normally travel to? I'm all over the road, man. I'm all over the road. I'm on a plane. Um, and, you know, whether it's seeing family, whether it's work, whether it's clients, whether it's a speaking engagement, no matter what it is, I'm usually, you know, coaching in person Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday morning, and then I'm out. <laughs> and I don't come home until either Monday morning at 3 a.m. or Sunday afternoon. Um, so you're already a very busy guy. Yeah. And so 
with a lot of my clientele, they're on the road and they're on planes. So the mm-hmm. average trainer is like, hey, you just need a meal prep. Well, that's precious, but I'm not home. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> well, so, how do I meal prep it? Yeah, if I'm not going to be at home for right, four days in the week. Right. Like, cute, bro, but that's not going to work for me. Like, it'll work Monday through Thursday morning. Yeah, then what? Then what? So, but there's there's always a way. It just, that's where our verbiage, I'm very, back at the psychology, the verbiage matters. I don't have time. No, just say it's not a priority. I don't get to tell you your priorities are right or wrong. But there's always 10 minutes. There's always five Mm -hmm. minutes. So this actually reminded me of something. And something I've been wrestling a lot with too. The way we talk to ourselves has such a big impact on the results that we are going to see. Because let's say let's say you're doing something really difficult. I'm I'm going to come back to this I don't have time thing, but let's say you're doing something really difficult. For example, you are attempting a a 1 minute sprint. I I consider that pretty difficult to hold yourself sprinting for 1 minute. In your head, if you're repeating to yourself, this sucks, I can't do this, this is so painful, I hate this, the pain's actually going to get worse. Mm-hmm. But in your head, if you approach it with, this is a term I'm not coining, but I got it from the book I was reading, Psycho-Cybernetics. If you approach it with aggressive positivity, I love that term, like yeah. aggressive positivity, it hurts, but it's going to be worth it. This is what's going to get me good results. I don't necessarily love the pain, but I'm going to give it my all. Stuff like that. The pain actually subsides a little bit and you're able to push yourself more. And so the way you talk to yourself day to day, whether it's when you're meal prepping, you know, instead of I don't have time, I could make time. It's that simple switch. I can make five minutes here and there. Maybe I can take away some of my social media time and and replace it with something else. Brother, I'll give you, first off, the aggressive positivity, I'm here for it. Now, there's aggressive positivity and there's delusional positivity, but like, (laughs) this is awesome. No, it's not. I love pain. Yes, right? Like, no, be quiet. Like, no. (laughs) But um, I'll give you a great example. I, I very rarely use myself, but the other day I was like, oh, junk. Like, I'm, I thought I had more meals than I do. I got to go. Like, I don't have to, like, I don't have time. Wait a minute. How long would this take? Okay. I need to go use the bathroom before I leave. How long will boiling the bag rice take me? Threw that in a pot of water. That was boiling. Threw uh, three chicken thighs in the air fryer. That's eight minutes. Went upstairs, used the bathroom, came back down, drained the water, threw that in the thing, threw the chicken in the thing, and threw some buffalo wing sauce on it. Nine minutes, total time. And I did something else while that was happening. (laughs) Classic. Love it. Was it a great meal prep? No, but it it did the job. And that's another thing. That's imperfect action. You don't need to be a perfectionist about everything that you're doing, right? Because when we strive for perfection, which is a noble thing to do, you're actually just going to get stopped in your tracks and end up procrastinating and end up not doing anything. 100%. I had a young lady that used to work with me for me, um, and she was always stressed out. And she always, she's a perfectionist. And I understand that there's a lot of ladies out there and it's, it's, it's taught, right? 
Um, but I asked her one day, I just said, is your name Jesus? And she's like, well, no. And I was like, well, isn't he the only person that could ever be perfect? Mm. And she said, yeah. And I said, okay, do you think that possibly constantly striving for perfection when you know it's impossible is one of the reasons you always feel like you're falling short? Wow. Well, what'd she say? She looked at me and there was a tear in her eye. And, uh, and I just, I put my arm around her and I just said, it's okay. Just do what you can for now and we'll make it better later. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing. Let's take that over to nutrition, right? Like you may not know what the perfect macros are. You may not even know what a macro is. You may not care, but you probably know that like eating some vegetables, you know, and and some lean meats and drinking some water, we'll, we'll, we'll get it better later. Yeah. You know, like my dad told me when I was a kid and he was amazing. He's an amazing man and it's very old school and it's not okay to say in this today's world, but it needs to be sometimes shut up and do it is what he taught (laughs) me. Just shut up and do it and figure it out along the way. That's so important. Figure it out along the way. So practical. None of us know what we're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly. (laughs) Honestly, and practical example, when I started this podcast, there are one of two routes I could have took. I could have started with the research and figured out what's the best podcast platform to record, where do I get my podcast, what's the best microphone, what's the best camera, blah, 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 and done all that stuff looking for perfectionism and not getting started. Or I could have just done what I did, recorded one episode using my my iPhone mic, posted the episode and forced myself to get started and forced myself to figure it out along the way because perfectionism will stunt progress. That's paralysis by analysis. Yep. It, well, let's let's move this back um, to to our faith. When you sure. when you first start reading the Bible, it's you're like, okay. And as you keep going and you're like, wait a minute, you're starting to figure this out. Or you could get a study Bible. And then at the bottom, you're like, oh, cool. That's what that means. And then you start figuring things out and then you read it again. Like you read the same passage again, like six months There's always more. There's always more. There's more. But it's the same thing here. I don't know what to do. Hire somebody. That's the study Bible. Right? Um, Or... Okay, but I, 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 I failed at this earlier, and I'm starting over. Are you starting over, or are you starting from experience? Mm. I don't think you're starting over. Like, well, I lost that one. Well, I'll take an L every day, because to me, it stands for lesson. Oof, nice. And that's, again, how you talk to yourself. Yeah. Why are we, we're so hard on ourselves, and we love looking at everything through that negative light, but in fact, the Bible ta- teaches the opposite. Give thanks in all circumstances. So imagine approaching everything that's happening and thinking instead, how can I be thankful about this? For example, yesterday I, I went to Walmart. I wanted to buy something. I drove specifically all the way to Walmart. And the guy said, we have it, but we're doing renovations and we can't find it for you. And <laughs> You know, I was I was a little bit upset. I was like, I drove all the way out here, uh, but I walked away. I'm like, okay, 
how can I be thankful? How can I be thankful? How can I be thankful? And then I went on Amazon and found they had a 30% discount. I was like, wow. Wow. So God kind of helped me to not buy it from Walmart so I could save 30%. Like you have to appreciate everything, the seemingly good and the seemingly bad and find a way to be thankful about it. It's all perspective. Like my pastor recently said, um, Brian Bullock is his name and he's incredible. Um, what lens are you looking at life through? Yeah. What, what lens matters? Your perspective is your reality, all those cliches. But he said something that was so good. And he said, if you take a mediocre camera, but put a great lens on it, you'll get a pretty dadgum good picture. But if you take a great camera with a crappy lens, you're going to get a crappy picture. So you may be in a crappy situation, but if you put a better lens on it, that whole situation is going to look better. Mm-hmm. And the, what makes a good lens? It's the amount that, of the light that's let in, right? Mm-hmm. It, even in the darkest shot, how much light is let in? You following me here? I not much of physics, but I'm I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> well, but who who is the light? That's Jesus. If we allow that perspective to come in, and do I s- still get my butt kicked by this? Yes, yes, of course, of course. But all these debates, right? Like we go to this, like when it comes to food, when it comes to alcohol, when it comes to drugs, when it comes to porn, when it comes to any of these things. Am I acting out of love? But with food, right? A lot of times we use food as a coping mechanism, as a comfort system. The Bible says to find joy in our food, in our drink. But if you feel guilt or shame from it later, then that's not joyful. Mm -hmm. If you're using food, as I like to say, cookies, cores, cocaine, (laughs) For comfort instead of Christ, then you're robbing him of his job to do of his chance to do his job. That's true. And I think that matters. Like if I if I need that food for comfort in that instance, why am I using that for comfort? Why do I need comfort from? How did this get here? Is this serving me any longer? Mm-hmm. And we know the answer to that if there's guilt or shame later, then it is not serving you. So it's going to be hard, but let's move on. So I think something important there is awareness in the first place, because so many of us are just so caught up in the busyness of life and the day-to-day. and We've got so much going on that we're not even aware that food has become our crutch. So a lot of my clients, I always just like, okay, before you have any meal, before you have any snack... Just take a breath and I want you to ask yourself, am I stressed or am I hungry? Or tired. Or tired. Or bored. <laughs> like, are you actually hungry? Yes or no? If no, what are you? And is this an appropriate response? Do you really need food to cure your boredom? How about if we replace that with, you know, 15 minutes of a uh, 15 minute walk? A 15 minutes in the Bible, 15 minutes doing anything else. And I think I love that. May I take it a step further? Yeah, by all means. What if we shifted, you know, and 
and I'm not saying you do this, but with our clients and with the people listening, I'm hungry. No, you feel hungry. Mm-hmm. I'm bored. No, you feel bored. And that may seem <laughs> minuscule. You know the dad joke? Hi, hungry. I'm dad. <laughs> I, dude, dad jokes are my life. <laughs> That's like funny. truly my life. So um, there's actually a Google review that says you'll never, it's like this long, beautiful thing. And then it says, and you'll get more dad jokes than you ever thought or something like that. But, <laughs> I, you know, I'm hungry. No, you're not. It's a feeling. Mm-hmm. Don't let it take ownership of you like that. And, or I'm starving. You ain't starving. If you're trying to lose body fat, you are not starving. Um, but let's reframe that. Okay. You're starving. What are you starving? Are you starving the habits that no longer serve you? Are you starving the person that you used to be? Mm-hmm. What are you starving here? Are you physically dying? Cause that's what starving means. Or have you just never actually denied yourself something the instant you wanted it? Oof. What does Jesus say? Deny yourself daily, take up your cross and follow me. And so I have this. <laughs> he didn't say take up your croissant. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Take up your chocolate filled croissant. Yeah. I mean, they are delicious. Don't get it twisted. I love them. But yeah. Well, I mean, if you you just think about the fruits of the spirit, mm -hmm. self-control, discipline, obedience, forbearance, they're all there. And if we, if we, somebody brought this to my attention recently and I loved it. The fruits of the spirit come from living our life, right? Through him, growth in him which allow us to have a better relationship with him. What if we use those same fruits of the spirit to further our relationship with ourself? Mm-hmm. Loving yourself, being patient with yourself. And understanding you're not always going to like yourself because that's also something too, but I'm supposed to love myself no matter what. Cute idea, but it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But we don't get to talk crap to ourselves when the Holy Spirit's inside of us. Because now you're talking crap to God and you don't get to do that. Yeah. And you wouldn't talk that way to anybody else. I was a jerk, man, back in the day. Were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure was. Okay, I wouldn't talk that. No, it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, dude. But, like, you know, I, I think about some of the things that I say to myself. And then I think, would I ever say that to my wife? No. Oh my gosh, no. I, 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 first of all, that would break her heart. And second of all, I would be in a lot of trouble. Why would I ever say that to myself? Mm. Would I say this kind of stuff to my parents? No. By, by, what about by all the child? Exactly. You know, that would break a child, especially if it's your own child. That would break them. So why do we talk this way to ourselves? There's a, that's, a, that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> that is a whole nother episode, man. But it, it's if it's these simple questions, right? Like we're taught to keep our word to others, right? Mm-hmm. When was the last time we were? When were we taught to keep our word to ourselves? Right. We were taught to respect others. When were we taught to respect ourselves? Amen. So, 
it kind of reminded me of this uh this book I got right here. It's called Way of the Ascetics. And I don't oh, know if you've second. studied much into asceticism. Do you know much about asceticism? I don't believe so. So it's kind of... You know how monks kind of go into the desert and then they deny themselves and they, they fast and, and they pray? And that's kind of like what that lifestyle is. In a sense, you're denying yourself. So through your denying, Christ can be made more known in you. I feel like I'm butchering this, but... <laughs> it's the it's the notion of you know when you're fasting so that you you deny yourself the food so that you can pray more and hear god's voice more mm -hmm. and so how often I, I like what you said earlier have we just not learned to deny ourselves anything that we want the moment that we want it what benefits are there any benefits to denying ourselves in that moment because I know these days we're a quick fix society. We want to enjoy every pleasure that we possibly can in the moment whenever we experience it. We want the quickest fix. I would say that what if we shifted our perspective again <laughs> and changed what we actually were getting as a reward? So, for instance, have you ever laid in bed and not, want, not wanted to go to the gym? Yes. Just wanted to sleep in. Now, have you ever done that and then like felt better about yourself that you skipped the gym because you wanted to just lay around? Not really. Uh, I don't think so. There are times that I was sleep deprived and I appreciated the extra sleep, but then you still That's feel bad different. for not going. That's different because running on like four hours of sleep, going to the gym and doing all that stuff can be detrimental. It's true. So, but it's where it's like, it's just a little rainy outside. You know, there's a, a, a mm. Western on, I don't know. And you're just like, I just want to be lazy today. And it's not planned. Like, it's okay to take rest days. Like, I'm going to have one today. And I'm going to feel Lucky. no guilt about it. <laughs> no guilt. Like, I'm going to eat my food and watch TV. And I don't ever just do that. And I'm going to feel no guilt. But have you ever not wanted to go to the gym or work out? gone and felt worse no that becomes the reward well people say that fat exactly. loss is, is long term no but just going becomes the reward mm -hmm. someone once told me the heaviest weight in the entire gym is the front door because it's just showing up sometimes takes so much but once you're there, it's not actually that bad. So today, I my body is so sore. I am so sore. I've been I've been doing two workouts a day, one one intense uh intense bike ride in the morning and then upper or lower in the afternoon. And I have my bike ride scheduled in for today. A part of me is like, man, just take it easy, you know, rest and stuff like that. But the other part of me is like, no, you scheduled this, you made the plan. You were going to do what you said you were going to do. And so I did that. Do I feel worse? Absolutely not. I feel fantastic after hitting my workout. I feel great. I was, I'm actually proud of myself because I did it even though I didn't feel like it. Mm -hmm. And so motivation, it's not that I'm not motivated. It's like you said, I don't feel motivated. 
but your feelings don't control you. Usually for most, yeah, uh, they do. And so that's <laughs> therein lies part of the problem. And that's, that's a whole nother discussion. Well, I'm not motivated. What does motivation have to do with anything? Do you think I'm motivated to wake up at three o'clock in the morning every day? No, that would make me a liar and a psychopath. (laughs) No, but do I know that I operate best when I, when context, I have two clients that I meet at four 30 before I go to work, I'm going to do my devotion, read my Bible, set delayed messages for my clients and write my write out, uh, what I'm writing for the day. Right. Mm -hmm. And have my coffee. (laughs) Um, so that I'm not reacting to the day so that I have time for the day so that I start my day with the person that gave me my purpose. Mm -hmm. How am I supposed to know what to do with my day? If I don't talk to him first. Right. So if I only wake up at three o'clock, two days a week, which is how often I have those people, those two days are brutal. And we know the circadian rhythm wants to wake up and go to bed within 30 minutes of the same time every day. Mm -hmm. So I just keep doing it. And even when I don't have to, I wake up and I do those things because it's just what I do. It's part of my identity now. There's a, um, are you, have you read much of the stoic philosophers? Not as much as I would have hoped. Uh, Why? So Marcus Aurelius is one of my all-time favorites. Um, And he said this, at dawn, when you have trouble getting out of bed, tell yourself, I have to go to work. As a human being, what do I have to complain of if I'm going to do what I was born for? The things I was brought into the world to do, or is this what I was created for? To huddle under the blankets and stay warm. So you were born to feel nice instead of doing things and experiencing them. Don't you see the plants and the birds and the ants and the spiders and the bees going about their individual tasks, putting the world in order as best they can. You're not willing to do your job as a human being. Why aren't you running to do what your nature demands? You don't love yourself enough. Mm. Or you'd love your nature too, or what it demands of you. Wow. I don't have any quote after that, but last thing I was able to think of is when you get up and you do those things, even when you don't feel like it, you don't feel motivated, but you do them. You're training yourself. You're training yourself so that when the time comes, whether it be a marriage, whether it be so, you know, you're not always going to, it's not always love and sunshine and rainbows. There are times when you're angry. When you're upset, but you have to show love. You have to train yourself to do that. Even though you don't feel motivated to show love, you have to show love. You have to give it regardless of how you feel. And so this, in a, in a little smaller form, you know, waking up early and training, your it's, it's setting you up. It's training you so that when the real battles come, you are actually going to be prepared. Amen. Like hundred percent, it's a microcosm and it's training yourself. So in the personal development world, right? You have mental, physical, spiritual. Mm -hmm. The only one you can touch is the physical. It's true. So it's like, 
Great. You read 5,000 person development books. Did you do any of the workbooks? No. Did, nope. Did you put any of the stuff into action? Well, I'm working on it. Show me. The exercise, the waking up, the doing those things are the show me. I tell everyone in my life, I don't watch your mouth. I watch your feet. Mm-hmm. And you think about this. This this has been a very powerful way to reframe something. You know, people struggle with their alarm clock. When you hit the snooze button, your first decision of the day is I'll do it later. <laughs> your first decision of the day is literally I'm choosing laziness. You're choosing it's a neg your first decision of the day is I'll do it later. It can wait. And no. I am deciding that I don't really feel like living up to my purpose right now. Right. Like, what a negative way to start the day. Crappy. Yeah. What a negative way to start the day. It's an awful way to start your day. Like, I I know people, uh, you know, in my past, I I know this is shocking, but I've dated people and it didn't work. But I've had people that would wake up and be like, oh, my God, it's going to be the worst day ever. I'm like, what happened to you in your sleep? (laughs) Like, did you get, did you get a flat tire in your dream? And like, it's just manifesting into reality now. Like what occurred here? (laughs) It's funny. (laughs) Imagine. Yeah. You wait, we wake up with so much negativity sometimes. It's crazy. Like, I mean, because we read in the, in the Bible, his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. We don't apply it though. No, we're really bad at it. Like, so bad. But, like, even if it's just the Bible app, just starting your day with that, what a wonderful tool to start your day with hope and love. Yeah. You know what I make most of my clients do? No phone. Don't even, don't, I, I know we're forced into it, but don't look at your notifications. Don't, mm-hmm. don't look at your text. Don't look at your Instagram. Don't look at any of that stuff. No phone in the morning. Because as soon as you open up that screen, you're entering noise world. It's the noisiest place you could possibly be. Do you really want to wake up and you are literally sitting on a highway? No one wants that. So don't look at your phone. Go make your coffee. That's a great analogy. Do what you got to do and just be in peace. That's that's the best analogy for that I've ever heard. I came up with it on the spot. (laughs) <laughs> that was fantastic. I mean, forget me going into how it shuts off neuroplasticity and changes the brain waves. Nobody cares. Well, maybe they do. But it's like waking up in the middle of the highway. And just cars are zooming by and you're like, what? Well, how do I get out and of here? wondering why your day is spinning out of control from the gate down. Yeah, that's true. That's, bro, I... Like, did you just mic drop this entire thing? Like, I really feel I don't know. I don't know. I I didn't even know if it was that good. I was just making it up. But I appreciate you. You're hyping me up right now. I feel. uh, Thank you. If I had a foam finger, I would put it on right now. Like, I'm not (laughs) kidding. I appreciate you. I'm going to write that down now. That was really good. Yeah. That's funny. Um, But, yeah. Anything else you want to chat about? Man, I, I don't know how, where to go from that. You may not think it was that impactful, but I do. I, I'm going to, for once in my life, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I think we both need to work on that sometimes. How, how often we talk ourselves into oblivion, right? 
so bad, man. This has been an absolute and incredible honor, man. Um, I look forward to talking more, you know, offline. Truly, it's been incredible. The pleasure has been all mine. And of course, I'd love to have you on a, on another episode one day. Maybe we can talk about some uh, some nutritional stuff, you know, like what are these quick fixes that everybody's taking these days? <laughs> stuff like, um, I'm not even going to name them. They know. Yeah, don't get me. That's a whole nother episode that I'll go off on. But I'm going to go tell you that I'm going to go eat like probably 35, 40 grams of sugar in my smoothie. Wow. Shame on you. Shame. I know that three cups of blueberries really gonna really gonna blow my. Waist. Are you also blueberry guy? I have blueberries in my smoothie well, too. It's yeah, blueberries in my shake. It's I'm here for it. Don't you go with honey? Don't do it. Don't I, want more sugar. <laughs> I would keel over instantly. Like I this weekend, I'm gonna eat pumpkin spice Cheerios. Yes, I'm that basic, and I'm gonna enjoy every second of it. Of course, it's made to enjoy. That's it. So anyway, brother, I truly appreciate everything. Um, It was an honor and I I look forward to just connecting more. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And for those listening, join us next time on another episode of the Healthy Christian Project.